Hello everyone, welcome back to the second episode of State of Facilities Management in Southeast Asia with my co-host James Jacef. Hey JJ, would you want to say hi to everyone? I just want to say hi and it's great to be back on and really looking forward to another awesome episode with uh, you, Imesh. Thanks a ton, mate. Likewise. And I mean, if we do a quick recap uh, from the last episode, it obviously we had so many points to look into because when you look at Southeast Asia as, as one region, you perhaps cannot look at it as one region. You have to take a, a country-wide view and look at separate countries, like one country at a time. So just for the benefit of the listeners who were not able to tune into the earlier episode or who haven't really done that as of now. So what we tried to do in the earlier episode was set the context in what is the current state of facilities management in Southeast Asia, particularly looking at what are some of the regional challenges versus uh, country specific challenges. Like for example, uh, JJ alluded to the fact that Singapore has been the lighthouse uh, in the region, but it has its own set of challenges uh, especially kind of trying to move to output driven contracts getting the trust deficit to be removed between service providers and end customers public sector playing a very vital role there uh, to thailand which is opposite end of the spectrum where a lot of fundamentals have to be sorted uh, not the kind of public sector support that you would expect probably pretty much similar to that of india so we really did set the the context there jj and and it puts us in amazing position to start this episode where we are literally going to be talking about the need for change without diving into the what and how so i would like to pose the first question to you and, and really take it from you that what according to you are one or two reasons top reasons why facility management as a sector as an industry must look at changing versus the business as usual scenario yeah and it's this is the, you know the million dollar question why why do we actually need to change and you know the reasons why companies change is because there's a generally because there's some sort of financial or operational improvement by doing it you know they're not doing it just because they've heard it's a good thing to do and everyone else is doing it and there needs to be a real reason for change so my view is you know when we look at what is you know the the state of the nation in some of these let's say Thailand and India mm. um it is almost promoting inefficiency and inefficiency means that you're not getting you know the best value out of what you're doing mm. so by you know remaining sort of headcount based input driven um ultimately it means that you know the organizations aren't getting the benefit of how things could be more efficient through technology and other forms of innovation so that's the the primary driver but i think there's other reasons as well and the other big one for me himesh is um if it doesn't change then uh, um we don't really get access and tap into the technology that is there to help drive that uh, efficiency so by remaining in the status quo which is what a number of organizations sorry countries are in essence doing mm. it stifles or slows the introduction of new and efficient technology that's an interesting point so you you spoke about inefficiencies and literally uh, i think right now inefficiency should go into your pnl as a revenue earner right because the more number of people you're putting on the job the more you get that's that's how typically fm companies look at so you're not getting rewarded for being efficient in in that sense because there's there's no kpi uh, until as you move to an output driven 
contract or a performance driven contract but just correct yeah taking it, it further ahead jj uh, is there any incentive for an for a senior leadership of an fm company to do that if let's say the markets are not changing or i mean would 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 they just continue to wait and watch yeah and and you know that there are some other things which could benefit their staff and visitors for that matter so when you look at what's happening in other parts of the the globe you know the workplace experience for example mm. is a really key part of facility management now workplace experience is basically there to help attract and retain top talent so you know one of the side effects of not sort of adapting to the change is that potentially the organization the organizations will lose some of their best talent because they'll go elsewhere where you know uh, you know the workplace experience is better yeah. and 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 you know the workplace experience drives productivity as well so even if it's um you know because if talent doesn't move across the country well then let's make sure the talent that we have is is as productive as possible so things like you know workplace experience indoor air quality all of these things actually help uh, promote and improve the workplace experience so if this is a, is sort of put the head in the sand and, and ignore that and just focus on you know the status quo and you know the opportunity cost is related to productivity of staff and also to visitors that go to facilities which are looking for a better experience so there certainly are some you know very strong and not so fantastic side effects by remaining where we are that's awesome and, and when you talk about workforce i mean so the entire experience that you're talking about workplace experience i'm assuming you are are talking about the people who come into the office or the facilities the end customers does the 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 opposite of, i mean i wouldn't say opposite but an opposite end of the spectrum does it also hold true that if an fm company is not looking at technology or the leadership is not talking about technology does it stop the future workforce to sort of say that i'm not going to look at company x could be an hvac engineer could be an onm technician i mean or could be an engineer in general saying that i'm not going to look at company x as a career option i'm going to look at company y because it just seems that company y is or fm company y is likely more aligned with what's expected to happen in the future uh, absolutely and you know particularly the the newer younger generations you know obviously that excludes you and me you mesh but um, you know they are certainly they uh, they have a stronger voice and very strong opinions about you know what and where they want to work and you know if you look at say the FM industry in some of the less mature countries mm. it's about making the facilities or building function you know um it's it sort of you know is the air conditioning working is the lighting right in you know is the lighting right you know is there security and lots of stuff it's pretty fundamental basic 101 of FM mm. but organizations are now moving to say actually that's a given now Hmm. So the facilities sh- should naturally work we just assume that you're on top of that. Hmm. So then the FM industry is moving towards around making the workplace experience better, more productive, more engaging for employees. Hmm. And then in essence the final um step in this around overall work experience is by providing these better workplace experiences and um Uh, and so on is actually bringing people and communities together mm-hmm. so th- this is ultimately a lot bigger than just you know the people it's about the power of bringing people together 
and the workplace experience enables that to happen. So organisations that choose not to go on that journey from making facilities work to providing a better workplace experience, then ultimately bringing people and communities together, they are missing out on uh, attracting and retaining uh, the best talent because they will go where, you know, that works best. Hmm, that's interesting. Kenneth, while we're talking about why change, uh, you know, I've often, whenever I speak to uh, senior leadership, CCU uh, personas from FM and probably earlier in my earlier role as well, when, in general, when you talk to CCU, when, when you talk about change, they always come back and they say there's, there's lack of support, there's no enabling environment, so on and so forth. Uh, and then you think of examples like Nokia, uh, you know, on one end of the spectrum, they say that they didn't do anything wrong, but only wrong that they did, that they did not change at the right point in time. Something transformative really happened and, and there you go, that was the end of it, uh, right? Or otherwise, they were making the best phones in the world at that point in time. And then you... Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Go, you, have, you, have, you have a point on that, Mitch? Well, well I, I just think, yeah, this is, there's Nokia, there's Kodak, there's Blockbuster, you know, the, the list goes on. And if you get too comfortable and you get stuck in this comfort zone, then, you know, it, it, you can die a very slow, painful death, or it actually could be relatively quick. And I'm not here to say that it's going to be a quick death for, for the FM industry in the less mature countries, clearly not. Um, but the point is that um, there are benefits to the change, um, and but, you know, to, to change when there's a culture mm. around you know, headcount, mm. um, it, it will take time. And, and, and you know, on the last episode, we spoke around how some governments are sort of accelerating that mm. change and it's then moving into the private sector. Right. Without some sort of kickstart there, um, it will happen. It just depends. Will it take one year, three years, five years or ten years? Mm. That, that wonderful. I'm sorry, I'm actually stuck on one point and I thought that's the biggest thing and I would love to hear your perspective. So you say that, you know, obviously change is inevitable. It is going to happen. Probably might take three years, might take five years. So if I'm a CEO of an FM company, let's say whether local or a global, but, but working in one of these particular countries, should I be really trying to make a move that the industry in that country hasn't really yet made? So, which could be... Perhaps, say, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, and, and this is this is the best way for it to happen. If it's not going to be pushed by the government, it generally the way that it has been happening in other countries is via these global organisations that have already made that change in other countries. They go into Thailand, India, yeah. uh, Indonesia, wherever it might be, yeah. and they will bring those concepts with them. And in some cases, they're actually outsourcing on a regional or global basis. So it does naturally happen. But even you know, I've personally been involved in some customers where mm. they've, they've made that decision at the global level that mm. there is you know very strong um, resistance in some cases passive aggressive resistance but in some cases more formal resistance mm. on the customer side as well as on the service provider side saying actually do we really need to do what you know the the globe the, the group or the regional mm. head office is telling us that we that we have to do but ultimately it does happen and uh, it just takes a little bit of time but when they make that change, then you know they are able to certainly attract and retain top talent. They are able to tap into some of these efficiencies or, or savings of pro providing FM services. And and then even further, one thing I haven't spoken about is um, you know the the asset availability or the the facility 
optimization or no disruption because you know, organizations are starting to use you know iot for example and as i mentioned on the last uh, session you know to to monitor you know, asset performance and they can you can predict very easily potential failure address right. that a failure before it happens mm. so by not making these sort of changes means that we are allowing you know the the not only inefficiency from a financial perspective but also operationally so there's a huge opportunity cost of not doing you know the, the transformation if you like of the fm into some of these less mature fm countries this is super awesome and for everyone for this episode we actually did not set questions to ourselves and this is all improv now jj this leads me to 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 another question i would like you to get a bit nostalgic go back to your sales role that you were doing back in australia i mean obviously you you're still doing it but but to the early days yeah. to now but wearing that uh, i know you said you didn't want to be called only as a sales person so you've done justice to that but let's say if you wear that hat of the solutions business development uh, person and say what is it easy for the the person who's, who's who's trying to get new business and say okay you know what we are going to be implementing technology the new way of doing business and are going to bid lower i mean when i say bid lower versus the business as usual scenario and say okay by doing things a different way we can save on this contract cost by by 30% and we are happy to pass on that 15 20% to you so ultimately for the customer there's cost reduction there's guarantee on on, on performance is it easy to sell as easy it sounds to sort of talk about it it, it it you know change is is never easy for anyone you know any, any human being changes are just a you know a dirty word right but the reality is that there have to be you you have to be able to demonstrate not only to the customer mm. but also internally that mm. this is the right thing to do and we can actually do it so you know it's quite easy to to come up with the solution implemented is is absolutely a, a whole different beast um so yeah my, my experiences in in australia were probably in terms of implementation relatively straightforward uh compared to the experiences in asia um, and the asian experience is more around you know what I, i know this is the right thing to do um i know that we've demonstrated that it can work i know that we've done a pilot and it worked and then we implemented it on a on a customer account and it was amazing you know we we saved the the customer 20% we saved and you know it was so improved our bottom line but then there's this feeling of do we actually have to keep on doing it and, you know do we have to go and do this to more customers you know and and that that's when the sustainability doesn't happen but you know one thing's for sure that if if we don't do it and that can be you know any any any, company, any, any organization yeah someone someone eventually will but even more so than that is there are now all these external pressures which makes the need for change even greater so when you look at you know singapore mm. thailand other countries as well that rely on foreign labor mm. you know with the borders being shut mm. with the local people but still sort of resisting wanting to do frontline roles right. then the efficiency and the the need for change becomes actually essential so it's it's it will happen through through water up the wise but it really comes down to making sure that to make it sustainable you have to make sure that the organization takes full ownership of you know the implementation make sure that you know that it what you do can actually be measurable 
and you can see the, the positive results that come out, come out of that. When that happens, then you know magic happens and it will very quickly then accelerate through the organisation and the industry. But that, you know, is easier said than done. It does take time and it can never happen fast enough. But I really believe in a lot of these countries that we've been speaking about, mm. we're on the cusp of, of some serious change, positive change, mm. but it's still, you know, a, a tough thing to conceptualise. So it's basically the risk and reward. So you take that risk, calculated risk and say, okay, I'm going to be slightly more proactive versus my competitors or uh, the peer group and there might be a downside to it, but the potential upside is significantly higher, you know, and, and probably that's that's how I would, would probably think, you know, but I'm not sure if the FM leaders would think that way. That's the, that is the million dollar question. And I think, you know, time will tell how that sort of pans out. Uh, but there's no doubt that, that um, it has worked in other countries, that there's absolutely no reason why it can't work in other parts of Southeast Asia. Yep. In fact, I'll, I'll share a couple of examples. So yesterday I was on, on my LinkedIn profile that I saw someone, facility manager from uh, a sort of fairly well-known uh, FM company in, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia mentioned that, the, you know, interestingly, labor issues, they, the Middle East is also experiencing it, the one that you've been talking about, James, and the cost is going high, the availability isn't there, and a very interesting comment yep. was by, the, the, by the person was made was that, you know, the FM is saying that, okay, let's move to output-driven <laughs> contract with the customer saying is still saying that I need people on the ground because there's this uh, trust <laughs> deficit that is there which is weird and yes but, right but I think what's good and the other thing that I've been seeing uh, JJ I'm not sure if you're seeing that in in, in, in your network, almost every CEO of FM company is now wanting to post about technology. So, which is not a bad start, you know. You've got them to talk about it. Now, you, we just need to get them to spend some dollars on this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, talking is easy, uh, doing is much harder, and then demonstrating that it actually provides an efficiency is another step. So, but, you know, it's it's proven to work, but it just, yeah, mm. as we will talk on the next episode, change and the barriers to change. Right. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of fun. Right.